Hello, and welcome to episode 220 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybok, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Spirit. How are you doing this fine evening, Spirit? Hi, I'm doing better. I, If I sound off, it's because I had a ridiculously terrible cold this week, and I recovered like just barely in time for this show. I have my voice back, so that's exciting. I don't feel like death anymore, so how how... You know how bad can it be? Right. I mean, that's uh, having having gone <clears throat> through various spouts of illness with the Pax Pox and all. I I know how you feel, so I'm glad that you've rallied. Me too. And I was helped along by a wonderful patch. Like, holy crap! I have so many good things to say about this patch, and I'm really excited about it. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Hot take. I was a little bit more lukewarm on this, so maybe oh. we'll have a live episode here. We have not talked about the patch at all outside of the episode, and a big spoiler bouncer up ahead. We're probably going to talk about all of the story this week, is that fair to say? Or at least most of the story? Yeah. 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 So, if you haven't finished the story and you care about those spoilery things, just tune out now. We'll be here whenever you finish, uh, but that's... we're. We're probably going to mostly talk about that. So, uh, is there any topic non-story based that you want to lead with, or do you want to lead with the map? Do you have a preference? Uh, I guess I'd like to say a little bit about the raid since I've already cleared it. Okay, I don't have to talk about it too long. No, it's fine. Um, I really enjoyed the raid. Uh, it is themed on the Mystic Forge. Um, it has gin. It is bright and cheery compared to all the other raids, which are. Uh, dark and despairing and uh, just generally terrible things are going on there and this one you're going in to prevent something terrible from happening which not really sure what it is other than that you know evil people probably shouldn't have the mystic forge so uh, different atmosphere which is really nice absolutely gorgeous scenery Um, if you are not the type to raid I highly recommend that you go poke one of your friends who is into letting you in or just have a look. Um, if you're on North American servers and you just want to go into a raid, there's actually a person in the LFG almost all the time who will open any raid instance for five gold. Um, so they are awesome if you're a raider and you need an instance or if you're not a raider and you just want to go have a look around and you don't know anyone who can open it for you, they will definitely do that for you. I wonder how um, much money that person makes doing that bank because i know all the people who pay them and it is a lot of people uh but yeah anyway um it's not the hardest raid wing it's definitely a manageable one if you are uh you know kind of shy about that kind of thing and you think you might want to try it out i would suggest that it's probably a good place to start and now as good a time as any because not many people have done it yet and so the expectations are going to be relatively low compared to what they might be in a month or two um so yeah no time like the present if you think about hopping in i would categorize it slightly higher than wing four difficulty which is the easiest wing by far um so i think it's definitely definitely not one of the harder ones but a lot of interesting mechanics that make it very fun and i'm I'm excited about it. I haven't been through with uh, the raid teams that I lead yet. I've been through with the groups that I'm a part of. Um, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. We've been at it the last two days, and we're going in for challenge votes this afternoon. So we're we're still at it. It's keeping us busy. It's been a lot of fun. Um, gosh, what else could I say about the raid wing? 
Oh, uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting and unique about it was that uh, th it's very heavily implied that there will be another story that follows on from it because there's a cutscene at the end that uh, sets up what could be another raid that follows on from it, which isn't all that revolutionary when you think about it, but the last raid we had that did that was... Um, Wing 3, which was Stronghold of the Faithful, and that wing is two and a half years old. So Holy it's been God. a while since we've had one of those. Yeah, raids have almost been in the game for three years, which means that they've been in the game for as long as they haven't been in the game. And also, we are very old. Oh, God, that hurts. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I'm sure listeners will know that I tuned out in a big way from raiding uh, on a personal level, and I'm glad that they're in the game, but I just don't care. And, mm -hmm. or rather, it's just, it doesn't work for me. And so when you were talking about, I thought it was interesting that you were commenting on that because I didn't realize that that wasn't still the case because I, I just don't do it. So, um, you know, all, a lot of my raid recollections are from those first couple of wings, which were obviously multi-part um yeah i guess i didn't know that that wasn't the case anymore and that yeah you told me the ending and i just that didn't strike me as odd that it seemed to lead into a follow-up uh, because i just sort of assumed that's how it was so interesting factoid that uh, grybach had not gleaned from spirit's discussion of different raids over the years yeah so that's interesting well that's cool i really liked I don't, I don't know how much we want to talk about the specifics of the rooms, but I, I did very much like it. It was exactly what I would have hoped for from a Mystic Forge raid. I, mm. I, you know, we can it, talk about it. I just didn't want to take up like too much time going through each room because we have a lot to get to today. But if there's anything you want to call out in specific, I'm happy to have a chat about it. Yeah, I don't think we need to necessarily go room by room, but, you know, in a way... This almost feels like it belongs with like Halloween or one, or like one of those one of those sort of like holiday events where it's just so kooky, you know, mm -hmm. the idea that you're heading into the Mystic Forge, this infamous icon of player hatred and joy. Um, <laughs> it's like it's it's very it's very odd, and it feels you know like it could totally go in with a Mad King theme or something like that, but. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know exactly what I would have expected from being inside the Mystic Forge other than a giant perpetual rain of items, which it delivers on literally the first thing that you enter is that. Yeah. Um, but I loved all of the things as we were walking through it and you were telling me, you know, what each of these things were. Like the idea that there were sorting rooms for the different types of things that people mystic forge and that zomaros would hold on to like an ectoplasm room or the wine cellar or like mm -hmm. yeah so I, I really enjoyed that so it did a lot of things that uh, simultaneously make perfect sense but also were not things that i would have per se expected uh, so yeah i they absolutely nailed the atmosphere i i totally love it even like just from a aesthetic and lore standpoint even though i haven't played it i'm really glad they got back to that sort of mentality with raids because the doom the doom instance hall of chains feels very much like a, just a road that you take to get to a bunch of bad guys who are waiting for you to show up 
Whereas the Mystic Forge feels like there are things going on there before you got there and you turned up and everything's in turmoil. But but things inhabit it and things go on without you being there to to do them. So I, I really appreciate that sort of ambiance. And also, if you are not a raider, but you are interested in having a peek at Zumros, I haven't seen this myself, but I got there right at the end of an event. Apparently Zomaros pops out of the Mystic Forge uh, and tries to invite people inside. Because the story of the raid is that uh, Zomaros makes a bet and he loses. So he gets people, he hires people to help him get what he loses back, which I believe is, I don't think it is the Mystic Forge, but at some point the Mystic Forge is wavered, so, or wagered. So I'm, I'm confused on what order things happen. But uh, he tries to, to get you to go in and help him. And as part of that, a bunch of bags of loot spew out of the Mystic Forge, almost as if it was a script burglar. So I, I've turned up right at the end as there were tons and tons of bags on the ground and people are telling me, oh, Zomros is here and he just did a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so I haven't got a chance to see it myself yet, but if you want to hang around the Mystic Forge, you might see something something interesting and something new now. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I don't think there was anything else extra to really add on the raid topic, but uh, yeah, I think check it out if you have any interest in the lore or if that sounds fun. Uh, like Spirit said, find somebody that'll ferry you into that instance, and yeah, that's pretty it's cool. gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. Probably one of my favorite places in the game right now. Yeah, as I... When we were approaching part of it, I my first comment to Spirit was, God, why can't we have this as a guild hall? Uh... Boy, that would be great. It'd be great. Um, yeah. Well, you wanna you wanna move on to the uh, casual PVE stuff? Of course. Of course. Would you like to talk about the map first or the story first? Uh, let's have a quick chat about the map. Okay. Uh, I will say one thing was that this map is bigger than I thought it was. Yes. That constantly. Yeah, I was like always discovering new areas, and I was like, "Oh, this must be the edge of the map." And then I just kept going along the road or following whatever event, and it was new area discoveries. Gosh, I had another one. Well, and some of it's not even like a road; some of it's going way up, and and then Mm -hmm. like realizing that there's stuff over there, and that you kind of had to go up to get there in the first place. And yeah, I had completed the story and I still found at least like two or three subsections of the zone that I'd never even been to, which was Mm -hmm. uh, very surprising. I'm still not certain that I've actually seen the entirety of the zone yet. Um, which is odd. It's, I I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a compliment or a criticism. It's just very odd that I guess it's disrupting my normal play patterns of finding everything. Uh, which just seemed noteworthy. I'm glad to hear that you are having that same experience. Yeah, I I don't do I like I don't complete the zone as I go. So for me it wasn't I didn't feel like it was disruptive or anything, but I have been exploring more than I normally do and just like exploring out of the sake of exploring because of the sun's refuge and all the stuff uh, that's involved with that, I have had much more of a impetus, I guess, to go and look at things and pick everything up and, and see if I can do something with it. And that that has tremendously improved my experience with with the zone to to have a whole bunch of stuff to look for. And it's not just 
pick up this coin and you get an achievement point. It's, it's pick up this artifact. It goes to an instance where an Asura tells you what it's about. And, you know, it, it changes that instance and unlocks more things. And, and that, that is so cool to me. I, I enjoy that so much more than just going around and picking up points of interest and whatever collectible they put in that zone. Not to say that there isn't collectible, uh, you know, Jahai coins or whatever I've been collecting, but uh, to it, it mixes up the formula in a way that has been engaging me again, and it hasn't done that for a long time. Yeah, so since you brought it up, do you want to talk about Sunspear's Refuge since it's in many ways more tied to the map than the story? Or like, do you want, you want uh, to incorporate that into the same discussion? Sure. I mean, I, I can talk about it a little bit, but I honestly haven't gotten that far into it, or at least I feel like I haven't. I I don't know the full extent of what is in there, because I, uh, I also have been taking it much slower and enjoying the the search for all these things in the collections and not using any guides and stuff because I am enjoying the zone so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't... I mean, I can talk about it a little bit, but I do not know the extent of what is in there. Sure. Well, yeah, I guess... I guess to start off, because I, I've been treating it much the same. I haven't looked at a guide. Um, I've been sort of just, <clears throat> excuse me, sort of just filling it in as I go. And you're probably a little bit farther than I am, to be honest. But I remember, <laughs> I remember beforehand you were worried that it was getting hype as sort of quote player housing, um, mm-hmm. and and such like that has. Has your opinion on that changed, is it, or do you feel that it's something that's cool, but is probably not going to get expanded upon? Like, what? It, how? It, let's let's get a, an update from your last week's thoughts. Now uh, that we've seen it put to the test, somewhat. So, I am more excited about it than I was when I heard about it. Now that I have seen it personally, um, I think that a lot of people. What I a lot of what I said came to pass where people were disappointed that it, it wasn't whatever you know their idea of what a upgradable instance should be because that's such a vague term. Mm-hmm. And I uh, am unfortunately like I never I never want to be right about stuff that I'm criticizing about the game. You know <laughs> I want I want it to not be the way I think it is. But right. we did we get want, confirmation. We want the best. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did get confirmation straight up from the devs that they have no long-term plans to uh, like keep going with the Sunspear Refuge. It is contained more or less to what has come out in this release. They like they might make updates to it, but it's not going to be like a system that they keep uh, enhancing and changing as we go along. As far as I understand, uh, I would get a forum post for you, but the forums happen to be down today, so. Okay, no, I, no I had not seen that. You. So, okay, that's interesting. Um, so I guess I have a question, and I don't know if you have the answer. Mm-hmm. I noticed what looked like scaffolding and incomplete structures in the Sun Sunspear Haven, whatever it's actually called, um, mm-hmm. the Sun's Refuge, excuse me. And uh, so it made me sort of think of it like guild halls, where as you do upgrades, it sort of it literally builds and changes the instance. But from what I've observed so far, and it might just be because I haven't like finished any of it, I've just done uh, moderate chunks of several things, it 
seems more like all that's changing is small little like oh well these objects you found out in the world are now also in the sun's refuge but do do we know if if the instance visually changes much more than that type of thing or is it mostly still going to look the way that it looks do you have a room that has a bunch of runes laid out i have that room i don't have any of them like i haven't done anything with them if that okay i no i haven't done anything with them either i wasn't certain if it was there from the beginning because i bought a from one of the hearts, it's done at the Pact Vendor. If you complete it, it says it sends a, a dig team to your Sunspear Sanctuary. Mm, yes. And I kind of assumed that they uncovered that room, but I wasn't certain. Because I had done a, like, a lap around it when I first got it to see, you know, oh, what is this like before I start upgrading it, you know? Yeah. To get, it, to get a sense of, you know, not just going out there and trying to get stuff for it, but to get a sense of where we started from to see where we're going. Um, and I don't think it was there, but it's possible I could have missed it, because I... All of a sudden, I was over in the corner. Was this here before? No, you're probably right. I do remember buying that thing, and uh, along that line, each of the heart vendors had a strange item that basically said, "Hey, by the way, don't consume this, or you know, it'll be weird." So I actually just bought one of each of them and have left them alone just in case they oh. are relevant. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, actually. Oh, there's like a strange meat or something, right? Yeah. I accidentally I so. ate one. It said, don't eat this. And I was like, I was in the middle of doing the shatter event and my inventory filled up. So I like clicked on the first thing that said double click to consume. And it was the weird meat. And I was just standing in the middle of the fight holding this weird meat in my hands. Like, oh, shit. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it actually has any... I have no idea what those do or what they're for, but I bought one because they were fairly cheap and I figured it could be the type of thing that would show up in the Sun's Refuge. So, um, I have a guess. Would you like to hear my guess? Go for it, it. It's a little bit spoilery for what might be in there. Uh, not, who cares? A, you're I guessing, guess. so it's not really a spoiler if you're just guessing. And B, we already said that there was going to be spoilers, so eat it. Well... It's a bit of a spoiler for you, maybe, because I know I know oh, I a thing care. that goes in there. Okay, uh, I know that you can get a pet desert fox. Um, that a what? Will, a pet oh, desert fox. Fox. I heard box, and I was like, I'm sorry, yeah, what? A pet yeah, box? Yeah, it's like yeah. It, Is this the uh, expansion of the rock DLC? It falls you around. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I know you can get a pet desert fox in there that has a bunch of different ways you can interact with it. So I, I would guess the meat is either for taming the fox to get it into your instance or to interact with it in some way. Okay. Not, I have no idea whether that's true or not. I just know it's a thing you can get and it looked super cute. Yeah, I did see some posts about the desert fox. I don't know how you get it or anything like that, but that the fact that it exists and can go into your instance was not a spoiler for me. So fear not, but also I don't care. It's fine. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, I, yeah, I hope that there's some significant aesthetic changes to it. Uh, I don't know that there will be. I'm sort of disappointed that... You know, that they've confirmed that they're not going to do anything with it because I, I was prepared to talk about how they, they may have laid the groundwork for it um, because, well, I was prepared to talk about it before you told me it had been confirmed that it wouldn't. But 
the I was very happy slash interested slash surprised whatever that the spear marshal's plea item that you can get to head to Talcora's corpse and where you start the Griffin quest um, mm-hmm. could take you there. I thought that was really cool to integrate the sun's refuge into this item that already does that thing. So mm-hmm. I had sort of thought that maybe that could be a hint that we would be uh, able to come back here or that you would be able to access it without any of the living story chapters right it's like as long as you have path of fire you know maybe they would unlock this and then any you know since it would be entirely optional you know in quotes it wouldn't be a problem that like maybe one upgrade can only be obtained from a certain story chapter uh, but you know we you've now debunked this so it, <laughs> it uh yeah uh, i'm uh, on one hand uh, i'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news but on the other hand um it if people really like this and you want to see this again say so out loud say it in a nice way on the forums and let them know it would not be the first time that the community had a strong positive reaction to something and that they decided to continue it and your evidence for that is super adventure box as a festival yeah (laughs) that was a really long time though yeah i know but like if if it's something you want to be see more of make sure to say something about it is all i'm saying sure yeah um yeah yeah it's it's cool i i like what they're doing Uh, yeah i mean i guess i have to say i'm uh i guess how should i say this i I love the idea of having sort of a personal guild hall, which I mean, I guess is player housing. Um, but the guild halls, the scope of them in this game is so large that it's way beyond what I would have envisioned in quote unquote player housing. And mm-hmm. so to have that, you know, sort of rear its head a little bit in this in this form was, you know, was kind of was kind of neat, and and I kind of liked it so. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I liked it more than I thought I would, which means that I'm now more disappointed than I thought I would be. <laughs> because, yeah. You know what I mean? It looks like we've done yeah. a uh, reverse, but that's fine. Uh, I guess I guess that means that they made good content that people like. So you know, that's a good mark for them. Yeah, I I really liked that more than I like. I don't I don't necessarily care about having personal housing or, or anything like that, but more than that, for me, it it made exploration and uh, discovery of that lore in that zone a very coherent experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a lot of zones, it's like, read a book, leave it behind, uh, you know, do an event, an NPC talks, and then you leave, and then 30 seconds later, the NPC says something else that you probably wanted to hear, but you already left because the NPC wasn't doing anything for 20 seconds and s- stuff like that. Like, it's it allows you to underhand understand a coherent story and participate in it like like i said about the runes there's that priory team trying to uh trying to open that up or discover what that might be and and so you can go out and find those in the world or earn them or however you do it because there are a lot of achievements tied to that as an achievement hunter i am uh up to my ears and achievements and i'm very happy about that because i was running out as we mentioned in last episode but yeah it I was really glad um, that this episode seemed to touch on a lot of things that I listed as complaints in the last episode. 
Um, so for example, uh, I was complaining about the masteries not being very relevant outside of the zone that they came in and then they proceeded to give us a really good mastery that kind of power creeps us like a decent amount, which is probably not great, but at the same time I love it because it's a useful new ability that I will use all the time. So, but like, I would perhaps not object to that, but put in the caveat that, uh, that like transportation of open world is... Uh, not power creep in the same way that you usually mean power creep, right? Because there's not, yeah. you're not really like competitively jumping around the world. Um, sure. So, I mean, mounts and, mounts and gliding in their own right are power creep of that form. So, like, we've already sort of accepted that that's okay because it feels awesome. So, I, you know, it, that part doesn't really, I'm not too fussed about that. Honestly, I mean, how, it was ages ago that I was saying it, but that I had thought that the back half of your skill bar was uh, actually your entire skill bar as uh, pets, or with mounts rather, was felt very wasted and that they should have been doing more with it. So here they are doing more with it. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm super glad they, they are. And I really like the new mastery for sure. And I will use it a heck of a lot. Have you uh have you done much griffin flying around the new map? Um not a I've done some but I was just so busy trying to find things and trying to interact with things and trying to fight things to get the experience sure. to do it. So no. Um I have used my griffin whenever I was up high or needed to get yeah, I've used it when it was useful, but I have not been explicitly griffin flying. So pro tip, it is more useful than you would think in that map for a few reasons. Have you encountered one of the tornadoes? Yes. The tornadoes work as updrafts for the griffins. So mm. if you go in on a griffin, it can spit you out up in the air, which is super nice because you can get a bunch of altitude. And then also, uh, have you noticed the lines of volatile magic around the zone? Yeah. Those are basically pathways for you because every time you pick one up, it refills your endurance. So if you get started in one, you can just keep going as long as you can you can flap to the next one or whatever. And even if you see if you see a bunch of them stacked up, your first thought is hop of my springer, do a springer jump up, get all of them. But because it refills your endurance so fast, if you hop on a grip and you you, you can flap straight up the line and all of a sudden have a bunch of altitude from a flat, you know, nothing without going up a cliff or anything. So you can just get straight up in the air if you see a line of them. It's really, it's a really cool mechanic that I've been using a lot to get around the zone. You know, it's funny because they introduced that concept in the story instance, and it still didn't even register. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch on either until until Christian started goofing around with it. So I have to give credit to him. Do you though? I mean, no, I'll take that credit back. Yeah. Sorry, Christian. Not sorry. It's fine. He's not going to listen to us anyway. He hears enough of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's that's a great pro tip. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, this, this zone is wild. Like, the idea of... I mean, just the fact that it's also got all these little sub-zones is, is wild, and I love... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to have to come back to talking about the map later because there's mm -hmm. just so many things in it that I'm I'm sort of at a loss for words. Sure. Oh, I will say, though, uh, again, having Nightfall been 
my favorite of the campaigns in Guild Wars 1, as soon as we set foot in a friggin' Jahai Bluffs, I immediately recognized a bunch of the landmarks, uh, mm-hmm. like that, the, um, Yatendi Village, I remember fond and not so fond, uh, times with, uh, I believe it was, oh, I shouldn't say which elementalist elite I think it was, but I am fairly certain that there was a metric buttload of uh, enemies and elementalists going up that crisscrossing stairs up the village, and at the top they had an elite skill that was uh, quite good, and I just remember dying like a ton uh, in Guild Wars 1, so uh, yeah, good job on, you know, bringing the bringing the lore back. Uh, yeah. I always appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Ch- Chantry was my moment of, oh my god, I know exactly where we are, and it looks just like it used to. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, do you want to, without further ado, move into the story bit? Because we've already been going a little over half an hour, yeah, sure. and uh, we have a lot of stories to cover. Yep, go, go ahead. Okay, uh, well, we... So we start off, and the Shatterer is attacking a, um, what, is it attacking the, the meeting that you're having, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the, um, I enjoyed talking to the different little, like, factions of, of their different, uh, or, like, sort of hearing their different opinions. It was, it was fun and interesting listening to the uh awakened that sort of wanted their own independence and then you know the various factions of humans that were either creeped out or accepting of them and then the other ones that just wanted pull out joko back um i i enjoyed that aspect the actual shatter attack now they were talking about how the shatter was supposed to be dead i don't necessarily remember that or is that just saying because so, of the meta event it, uh because of the original world boss okay can- canonically that shatterer is slain but it's also a little bit nebulous because there are many shatterers like there are many uh to is a specific zaitan lieutenant but there are many things that look like to um si- similarly there are many shatterers but the shatterer was killed and in, in you know in the original core game and uh, due okay. to Due to the dragons inheriting each other's powers, it seems that Krakatoric is able to to reanimate his fallen branded now. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, great. Okay, I was a little unclear on that point. I so uh, I maybe am an awful person. I noticed immediately that there was an achievement for getting the survivors all to safety. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really, well, first of all, I did not quite notice the special action button light up Mm -hmm. uh, that I was supposed to use to command them for a little bit. So there was a few minutes where I was sort of scratching my head thinking that the instance had bugged because to not put too fine of a point on it, day one releases for ArenaNet often are somewhat buggy and instance crashes have happened before. Um, but that isn't what happened. 
But I very quickly got a little bit tired of that mechanic, and one of them acted like an idiot and got his face smashed in and died, so I lost it on the very first group of them. Uh So I may or may not have lured most of them to their deaths so that I didn't have to keep pressing Z. That seems... That seems like a good plan, to be honest. Like I, no, I agree. I think that that segment was, uh, from a story perspective, I enjoyed, but something about the mechanics, like the pacing of it, was really off. Yeah, like the fact uh, that you it, can't it spam it the skill, or rather, you can spam yeah. it, but it doesn't work until like time has passed, and that you have to target them with it instead of it being a shout. Like if it was just a shout that was a radius on you, and you had to like run around picking them up. It would be fine, or if you just cast it on the ground and that's where all of them ran to, that would also be fine. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, yeah, it was it was just awkward, and I just let them die because it was easier and no regrets. Like, it's yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I managed to get it because I'm an expert Glenna Wrangler from our raids. There's a there's a encounter where you use almost an identical mechanic to call an npc to you hmm. so immediately it's it's same icon and everything i was like oh, i know exactly what this is and i got it on my first attempt and i actually didn't see anyone get crushed until i went through with some friends last night and we all felt terrible <laughs> so we we're trying to work out how it goes by the way that instance if you thought it was slow with one person your friends can't call people either so we all had to wait for the instance owner to like call them all over and it just did not hold up well with a bunch of people hmm yeah okay so remind me where that instance ends exactly uh you get out and you see a giant hole in reality and the shatterer flies into it along with Aurene question mark i didn't see where she went to be honest uh yeah uh, okay that's that's rearing its big ugly head again i i i feel like i've complained about this a lot of times but i'm just gonna say it again if you want us the players to be able to see something in a game this huge and this visually busy like you can't just say look there Uh, yeah it's really easy to miss things like what dragons are flying around doing in the sky while you're doing other things Mm -hmm. and I yeah I saw the dimensional tear thing and then I just thought I saw some like whoosh whoosh and I was like what I huh okay um yeah I I think they both flew no you know what I think maybe not because then Irene was just chilling out around whereas the Shatterer was like missed fi- I don't know honestly right, yeah that makes sense yeah she just show up again later so I don't, I don't think she yeah and she wouldn't be in the mists so yeah that makes sense right okay great okay so uh from there we head into the new zone we get to explore all around we pretty much talked about that but this is where it um oh sorry one more thing I would oh. just want to touch on before we leave that instance uh Hit it. Ca- Casa's entrance oh where he just like friggin pimp slaps like, those fools spartamans in from the sky yeah i love it stomp some people i love it's it very cost very cost yeah the most cost mm-hmm. uh, i love it everything about cost is great and um you know i never would have imagined him as a an awakened risen undying warrior but good god does that just make him more sexually appealing yeah. like <laughs> 
he can rock it. Yeah, like I, yeah, I had some reservations about oh, like, oh, they're just bringing back Gildor's one characters to, you know, to hit the nostalgia factor. But I think they have actually worked him into the story in rather compelling ways. So I'm excited to see more of him. Well, also, I really like that it's not a necromancer, as much as that may be a shock to say. Uh, I I like the idea of it being something that happened against their will. You know, sort of like yeah. what happened with Talcora too. It's like they've been well, Talcora it wasn't really blessed, but Koss has effectively been blessed with immortality, but he's not really happy with that, and for obvious reasons. And I think that's compelling in a very different way from say Livia who is just like lol I'm a necromancer I can just live forever because you know lich is gonna lich I guess um it's a very different it's a very different feel it's a very different flavor um so uh, yeah I, I like that a lot um and cost is very much a no nonsense you know it, it couldn't have happened to a more serious fellow <laughs> So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, wait, was there anything else in that instance you wanted to cover? Nope. Just wanted to talk about cost, because cost is cost. Cost is the boss. Cost on cost. Uh, great. Okay, so anyway, we move into that second part. We get to explore the map. We get to, you know, revisit old places. We get to see all these temporal disturbances, which was pretty cool. Uh, I have to ask you... When you do the one at the Battle of Or, where the Char are attacking the humans, did you try and help the Char or the humans first? Yes. Did you just kill everything? I tried to help. Uh, the first time I killed indiscriminately, and the next time I was like, well, hold on a minute. I can kill the Orions. I wonder if I can make the Char win. Um, which I believe was a bug, because when I went back there... I just happened to log in near there today, and all the Orions were friendly. So I think we just uh, turned up at the right moment in time to cause some trouble in the mists. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, um, well, I mean, when I did it, you could definitely target both parties. So yeah, I, I definitely tried to wipe out the Orions. Uh, yeah, I, I just murdered everybody. I embraced my inner murder hobo, and you know, just just took him to town but i i did think about that that it would be interesting to know what percentage of people chose what or if they chose at all uh, but if it was a bug then the world may never know because we did it on accident so that's fine uh yeah i also was struck by how inconvenient that jungle zone would have been if you didn't have path of uh or uh, heart of thorns masteries Obviously, I think most people probably do, but yeah, if you didn't have those Heart of Thorns masteries, the zone had jumping mushrooms and leyline gliding and updrafts and all that junk, and it would have been kind of annoying to jump around in the trees of that little sub-zone with just your mounts, uh, unless, I don't know, maybe maybe there was enough leyline um, or unstable magic energy that would refill your griffin if you have that i don't know uh yeah i i just thought it was interesting that they included uh, masteries from a different campaign as a maybe not required but heavily featured in hmm. part of a little subsection of the map but you know like i said most of us probably have them anyway so it's not 
I, yeah, I feel like if you're still playing at this point, you probably have most of that stuff for both this, you know, for both expansions by now. So it it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, that just struck me as a little odd. Did you did you get a chance to talk about the uh, mushroom thing? The mushroom thing. Oh, the oh, like the mushroom zone mushrooms. where you get yes. I, I did not, no. Uh, why don't you talk about getting high on shrooms? Um, it's amazing, and fungus sounds exactly the same as Lord Farron somehow, but I'm into it. And uh, fungus uh, is existential. Yeah, yes, I, I stand by that sentence. Um, because it it speaks to you in in, in riddles. No, not riddles. Uh, it speaks to you in existential questions, which I was all about. And then there were bobbleheads, and then there were fighting people. But you can only see your own ones, and so if other people were doing that, they looked crazy. It reminded me of uh, early on in Heart of Thorns when some people had the stealth mastery and some people didn't, and people would be like, hey, there's a treasure mushroom here, and people were like, no, there's not. What are you on? <laughs> mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms. With treasure. It's coming back again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed that whole room. And the run around for no reason adventure as well. Did you try it? The run around? No. I in, have no idea what you're talking that- about. In that zone is a mush is is a adventure called Run Around for No Reason, uh, which is literally just an adventure where you run around chasing uh, different tokens, and it's different every time. So like like certain times it's pineapples, or sometimes it's birthday presents or gems that float around. You just have to run and collect them all, but you you look like a weirdo doing it because nobody else can see them. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Really embracing the weird. Yes. Uh, I was very surprised that they were able to ascertain that these were literally alien in nature. <laughs> yeah, that seems weird to me, given like how much we don't know about Tyria. Maybe maybe Asura know because they're from the center of the world, but like I don't know anything about the middle of Tyria or anything outside of the continent of Tyria on the world called Tyria. Look, as an avowed Asura hater, I am not going to give them that much credit. They didn't know jack squat about what was going on in Heart of Thorns either, and that's closer to their ancestral (laughs) homeland. So I'm going to say that they just made it up. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, Yeah, it it was fun. It was a fun area. It was fun to... uh, This is going to sound stupid, but it was fun to have something that was just fun as part of the story, if that makes sense. Uh, So, yeah. No, I I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it was pretty standard run around the world stuff, but the zone is sufficiently interesting and has enough variety that that was sort of more interesting just innately. So, great. Ah, there were also two standout moments for me. One was my my favorite new dialogue in the whole game. Uh, single dialogue line. It's where, um, what is his name? Gorik. You say, oh, hey, there's some chalk out here. And he goes, what? And, like, falls seven times trying to get to the communicators so that you can so you can talk to you. Absolutely my favorite line. I need to get a recording. I'm, like, I'm actually determined to get a recording of it to use as a ringtone or something. Because um, I, I just love it so much. Uh, it's just, just perfect, everything about it. And the other 
bit was uh, right after you you go through the different zones and you go to the village and Koss is trying to talk to you on the communicator, like a person who has never used a telephone before. Right. It's been abandoned for years. Four years. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank it, you, look, Koss. Look, he is two hundred years old. So when two hundred years old, you reach look as good. You will not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I would actually love to see them play up that concept with all of the um, awakened, the the resurrected or whatever. It's like technological advances that just are too difficult for them to understand that we as players use all the time. That would be that'd be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on in the story, we get to the legacy instance, which is where we recover the Sun Spear Sanctuary and. Uh, get to interact with some old deceased cast members. What are your What are your thoughts on this portion of the story? Uh, I really enjoyed the sort of banter with Brom while you're lighting the torches and having the whole incident with the spider. Yeah, I liked being picked up and ferried to the next section. I can imagine there are some people out there who do not like spiders and were really not pleased about that. Um, I have some, I have some particular people. Uh, at our our raid last week, I think it was there was an incident with a centipede, and so everyone started telling their bug stories. And there, there are a few people who were adamantly, okay, no spider stories, please. And I, my heart goes out to them because I imagine they had a rough time with this story instance. Um, yeah, I bet. Uh, point of order: What exactly did the kicking icons do, if anything? Make you feel better? I don't think it made you. I, I mean, because it was just taking you places, right? So I don't think it dropped you. I think it was just a something for you to do while it was transporting you, I guess. Okay, great. I was just curious. Anyway. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that little segment, the the competition with Kassan and Kass and, uh, you, you know, establishing yourself in that area. And then the segment where Air and Snaff returned from the mists. Um... I, I'm not the happiest about it. Um, I genu- I generally prefer stories where people who die stay dead because then it is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people to appear that are dead in the story again, um, I'm not sure if I'm into it. I think whether I how I feel about it will change based on whether it becomes a reoccurring thing or if it was just like a one time, like we just, we just barely escaped from the mist to give you one last message. And you know, that that's the last time we see them uh, yeah, versus kind of whether a- they're like, there's a ghost army in the mist now and they can just come out whenever they want. And you know, there's no, if, if it was like a last ditch, like glint, then sent two specific people on one very short mission to like go do this then i feel differently about it than like oh they're just here now yeah um that didn't really that specifically didn't really bother me mostly because they didn't get to stick around i mean this whole this whole campaign is about the resurrected slash undead so that's hardly new i liked that that it was so fleeting you know it was like I actually really enjoy, I really liked I, I got a laugh out of what Air said which was like look neither one of us are like the talky folk 
Yeah. So let's just bury the hatchet and you stop being such a prat. And, uh, you know, I love you. Good job. And uh, good talk. Yeah. Uh, I I liked that. It felt it felt in character. And also, you know, it finally made Bram stop being such an insufferable word. I probably shouldn't use on the podcast, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah, I, I you know, I'm I'm feeling better about Bram, but it's, you know, it's been years at this point. So that's two and a half, three years, as you point out. Yeah. So I thought I thought it was cute that it was Snaff. Have we ever actually seen Snaff in the flesh in quotes before? No, it's the first time he's ever appeared in Guild Wars 2, as far as I know. I think he's appeared in, in sort of the, the painterly cutscenes, but I don't think he's ever had a character model before. Okay. Okay. Uh yeah. It yeah. It was nice to see him. It was nice to hear him. It was nice to have him talk a little bit to uh timey just briefly um i'm glad that they didn't really solve any problems <laughs> you know uh i think it would have been more interesting if they were if it was more like they were echoes from when they were fighting kralkatoric in the book before guild wars 2 launched mm-hmm. like if you couldn't talk to them, you just sort of like they were just sort of in that moment and they didn't know who you were uh, because that would sort of be in keeping with the other temporal anomalies that we'd been seeing thus far. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, maybe Brom could have seen his mother's conflict, but also maybe her heroism and her ability to move on through her actions of the past rather than talking to them as cognizant sentient present uh-huh. beings but I, i'm not gonna really linger on that too much i so i don't really know how to say this in a particularly nice way but i did not i felt like there was a lot of things that this living story wanted me to feel and i just mm-hmm. It, they just didn't have the emotional gravitas to make me feel it to the degree that I thought they wanted me to feel it. Um, this and particularly some stuff that happens towards the end that we'll get to. But I, I don't really know what to say about that other than that that's just sort of how I felt about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we wrap up the instance with another one of those visions which oof, i have to say i'm really getting tired of like this really? this style of storytelling mm. it's maybe i'm just getting old <laughs> but it's so hard for me to take to to make heads or tails out of so many of these visions that we've had i don't it's not it's not the art style that's bothering me because i i still love that i think that the art style of these sort of moving pictures again sounds stupid but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um is is cool and is very distinctly guild wars but i feel that all the way basically starting with heart of thorns and maybe even slightly before that they've crutched way too hard on your character the commander seeing a vision in quotes 
that's just a whole bunch of flashing images really fast and it's just really hard to tell what you're even seeing and i get that your character is also not really supposed to tell what they're seeing but it just it's not that impressive anymore and it's it kind of just is like okay i might as well just unfocus my eyes and not pay attention because i'm like i don't know it's just starting to bug me as a storytelling trope and they're they've used it a lot yeah i don't know you have any do you have any thoughts on the vision slash the use and prevalence of it in past living story and expansions um i kind of uh i get what you say about about being over it where it's like i feel like they they try to tell us the stuff and we're, we're just left to interpret it and it's not very specific or anything and so you don't really know what they're getting at um, I think in this instance, it was a good way of describing what they're trying to get across, where Irene's powers, or I, I don't know necessarily that they're trying to get this across, but Irene, I think, is developed a bit because she's a bit um, more mature now. And so her vision that she shows you is consistent with her character and um, the fact that that's kind of how she communicates. She may not always have to communicate like that, like... Reen is getting old enough that she might be able to talk soon. I mean, Vlast and, and Glint both spoke, so presumably Irene will at some point as well. Yeah, right before she dies. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't hate it or anything. Uh, I don't have any super strong feelings about it. I thought it was really neat, like the, the idea that she had seen a bunch of potential futures and was showing us that uh, they, it's it's not good. It's just not good. So, this, like, this could be a problem. The fact I got that we were seeing a whole bunch of different things, somewhat, but like partially, some of them were so close to each other that it was kind of hard to even tell that they were supposed to be different instead of just like different mm. frames of the same fight. And second, I couldn't even really tell that she was losing. It felt like they were just bombarding me with images, and then afterwards the NPCs all had to tell me what the interpretation of the vision was. And I yeah. feel like if that's... like it, It's one thing when we have uh, what OMAD's machine, where we see this actual symbolic representation of things, but it was easy to tell what was happening, where you see the, the six you know glowing colors and then you see you know one of them disappear and then like spread out into the others you don't necessarily know what is happening but you can see what's happening you just have to interpret what that is whereas a lot of these other ones like post heart of thorns have been like i said just a big bombardment of art <laughs> i guess mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, it, it's one thing when the characters say like, oh, like maybe these represent the power of the dragons dispersing, you know, to the other ones. Like, yeah, okay, sure. That's like, that's fine to sort of give your own spin on it. But when it's like, we just saw, and then you tell me what we just saw, like, I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it didn't really work for me. And that's a shame because the art is really phenomenal. I think you know, I think we and pretty much everybody else agrees that art is one of the strong suits in this game series. But yeah, I don't know. wasn't wasn't really doing it for me here. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about with Legacy, or did you want to just move on forward into From the Ashes? Uh, let's just keep going. 
Okay. I, think I got everything in I wanted to say. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I actually spent a long time trying to find this stupid sword uh, because I just like missed the trigger of the NPCs that narrow down the location. Oh, no. And so I probably took me like 45 minutes and I was getting really frustrated. And then just like randomly an NPC goes, oh, I think I saw it over there. And then it turned it into a single point instead of the gigantic circle. Um, whoops. But whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I thought it was, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but... Ah, mm, this was another instance I didn't really like. How did you feel about the Deadeye Sniper instance? I really enjoyed the theme of it. I enjoyed what she talked about. I enjoyed the the environment and the music and the voice acting. Um, and then the mechanics. I felt a bit iffy on because I had a bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. I I saw that there was an achievement for... I was doing it on my chrono. And I saw that there was an achievement for clearing it a certain amount of time. So I was like, oh, I don't have that much damage on this character. I should just, I should switch up a few things and get myself some more damage. Turns out that was a mistake. Should have kept my survivability and I probably would have been fine. Because uh, as I went in, when I started doing, I made it across the floor the first time just fine. And when I started skirmishing with her, she killed me. And then I was annoyed because I was like behind on getting the achievement. And so I, I kept making mistakes and dying. Um, and kind of being greedy, and so it it didn't uh, turn out well for me. I just kept getting sniped because I was trying to run fast without regard for my safety, and that was not the correct thing to do. Yeah, I found it quite annoying. I think the thing that annoyed me the very most is that, and I believe it's a mastery, in fact I'm almost certain that it is, uh, that there's a mastery that makes it so that when you're mounted if you're using your like jump skills that you are they always miss oh my god i didn't even think to use that yeah guess what it doesn't work uh yeah i noticed i tried to hop on my griffin she sniped me every time i hopped on my griffin yeah so i got on my mounts and i was very purposefully doing my jumps and she'd just shoot me out of it and it just like uh, that made mean- me really angry and uh, so I was playing as a necromancer, unsurprisingly, and yeah. there's not that many tools to deal with this kind of thing. I guess there's mm-hmm. like a swiftness skill that I could have used to like run between them, but like mostly it was fine because if you did a dodge roll, she would like lose her targeting on you for a little bit, and then that would buy you some time. But like also necromancers are bad at getting endurance back, so it was just like a long, slow slog, and like the freaking enemies that are there and they like explode and just do a ass ton of damage were just annoying, and yeah, it just really irritated me but it was especially irritating that it ignored the trait that i had that would have made it so much easier um because like if they didn't let you mount up fine then it's fine because you can't mount up but the fact that it would let you mount and then it's like oh cool i've got a creative way to close the jet nope Mm -hmm. um i immediately gave up on that uh achievement because i just don't give a crap about it but yeah, I found it annoying. And also, going back to the vision, it's like, 
she's like, I recognize you. And I go, do I? And she's like, yeah, yeah I, I no, recognize you. I definitely you. had that moment too. And I'm like, do I? And she's like, you're from that vision. And I'm like, are you? Like, I, it just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it just I was played back, back in. I my brain going, oh God, was she in the, was she just like a, a, just like a background NPC in Path of Fire? Where, where have I seen her before? Right. Well, and the answer was uh, 30 seconds ago, but I wasn't paying attention. Well, I was, I was trying to pay attention, right? I mean, it's just, that just speaks to the whole thing I was just ranting yeah, about. Yeah. So we don't need to go back into that, but yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, I super like her as a character, though. I'm glad she exists. I think she has a really neat story. Yes. Uh, and I'm excited to see where they go with her, because I think Zephira is, is really cool. Yeah, I think, I agree. I think that there's a lot of instances in this. I keep saying instances, and it's a really hard word for me to say. But uh, I, there's a lot of times in this living story chapter that I think the writing is uh, fine to somewhere in the good solid area. Uh, you know, example, I like this character. I like the concept. I like the, I like what they want me to feel. And I just feel like there's a lot of execution problems some small some very large uh, which is a little frustrating and it's not even really sometimes it's a little writing execution where you know in the in the obvious case of i know what you want me to feel and i like that thought but i'm not feeling it like i, f I feel like that's a writing thing but in this case mm -hmm. like you said i like her i like her story i like her concept i like how she looks i just really didn't like the instance that you meet her in and yeah so uh yeah i just uh i found it i found it mildly annoying but at least the fights were easy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was getting a little tilted, not gonna lie. Not that I've played Deadeye, but is Deadeye actually that good? Because maybe I should. It's pretty good right now, to be honest. Uh, in 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 the raids, it's it's one of the top top DPS now. Rifle as well as Dagger Dagger. Okay. Uh, Di Rifle has never been my cup of tea and will continue to not be my cup of tea. But if you're interested in an open world pistol pistol build, I got you covered. Nailed it. Okay. Great. Uh, yeah. Last instance. La 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 instance. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, do, why don't you lead off on this one? So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you take the sword back to your Sunspear Sanctuary. Yep. You light it by broing down with Ritlock so hard that your sword levitates in the air and touches his sword, and that uh, is not a euphemism. And uh, then you keep going. You might you... even call it flaming. Yeah. You so uh, flaming go euphemism. into the mists with uh, Blish, because you're going to use the sword as bait to attach Tracker to Krokotor. So you hop into one of the rifts that you've been seeing all around the zone, which are freaking cool, by the way. If you haven't done any open-world rifts, pay attention to the environment, because as they're forming up, uh, bits of environment from different areas around the world, like Ascalon or uh, the Shiver Peaks, will turn up. So, like, snowy trees will just grow out of the ground, and you can watch them all form. Very, very cool. Uh, but anyway, you hop in one of those rifts, and you're in the mists, and you turn up in a full out war between glint's army quote which is apparently a thing that we are just learning about now and the branded um and you are immediately noticed by krakatoric who starts coming at you 
and you have a limited amount of time to set up this tracker as things do or do not run at you and try to uh, interrupt the process of setting up the tracker. Because apparently for some people there was a bug where no mobs ran at them, and so Bush would say things like, ah, keep them off me! And you'd be like, yep. Got it. it. Nailed it. (laughs) Yes. They uh, they all appeared for me. I got the full experience. Yeah, so did I, as, you know, as it, such as it is. Yeah. Uh, And then the sword, carrying on apparently the will of its master, starts to go bonkers and destroys the tracker on it. And so Blish is trying to to repair it as the sword is trying to kill everything around it because uh, Balthazar's sword and, you know, he wanted Krokotork dead. So um, Blish tells you that he will do it and Krokotork gets closer and closer and Blish says, hey, you know, just go and come back for me. Uh, did you have trouble at this point where you started heading off on your raptor? Because I certainly did. How s- no, tell me about it. Uh, there is an arrow marker on the map, and if you went where the arrow was pointing, it would say you're leaving the instance and it would kill you. Not, It wouldn't boot you out of the instance, but it would kill you. Was it because the arrow was pointing the wrong direction, or was it because... I think it was just a bug that was causing the like the kill field of going out of the instance to be in the wrong place. You you could definitely get around it. If you, if you went in the general direction of the arrow, but you didn't go specifically like on top of the arrow, you would have been okay. Um, so some people ran around it, and that that was basically just the workaround. It was just to go in a slightly different direction around the arrow. Um, huh. Uh, no, I do were, not have that problem. If you were trying to do it as intended, you would uh, hit a wall, and then Bush would go, oh, by the way, I lied. Uh, which apparently a lot of people found immersion-breaking and disappointing. I found hilarious, <laughs> because Bush was like, oh, you could escape that way, and then he, he, it kills you, and he goes, oh, by the way, I lied. Lol, JK. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I can definitely it. see how how people would have been angry because it is supposed to be quite an impactful moment where Blish is telling you, "Hey, um, you know, I said you can come back for me, but but this is this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut myself down. I'm gonna make myself the tracker, um, and I'm gonna gonna sacrifice myself so that you guys can keep going here." Yeah, I. So, again, this is sort of a moment that I felt like was supposed to be emotional, and I just don't care about that character all that much. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I So, when he's talking about how they need more power, and that he lied, and that he was just gonna sacrifice himself, was he implying that he knew from the very start that he was gonna have to stay behind forever? Because that's what he, I took away from it. And My understanding is that he knew it was a possibility, and I can't remember where you read this, but he has uh, somewhere written out research notes, and he says, this is my plan, and if this fails, we'll initiate plan C. Um, so I think he knew from the, the beginning that it was an option, but it was the last resort. <sighs> okay, so... I don't know. This feels nitpicky. I I don't like to normally do the, like well, why wasn't the character smarter? But seeing as that's the whole shtick for the Asura, I'm fine throwing them under the bus. Uh, It felt like if all you needed was a power reactor and you knew that and that you knew your body was a good use for one, like, why didn't you just bring one? You're not that big. I'm sure you could make another one. Like, there's there's so many ways that that could have been avoided. Um like just because what was needed was power 
Like he's like, I'm going to just turn my brain off now and be the power, uh, be a battery, <laughs> like be a glorified battery. And it was just like, oh, I mean, okay, sure, why not? Uh, I don't know. It, again, it it's something that I felt like was supposed to have more emotional oomph than it ended up having for me. So mm-hmm. I I appreciated it. I like I liked. Uh, I mean, I didn't like it in the sense that I I liked Bush as a character. I thought he was pretty cool. Um, And I'm sad to see him go, theoretically, especially because they... I I feel like they foreshadowed it in the last chapter where Blish uh, was switched off during the trial when they confiscated him during Gork's trial. And, and you know, he comes out of it screaming and saying that it was a, a black abyss and, you know, please don't let this happen to me again. I thought that that carried some weight because you knew what he was giving up. Like, you know what he's dooming himself to 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 make that sacrifice and so that kind of landed for me and and the music was nice and uh the whole like the scenery changing around you and the storm approaching from behind i i found compelling so i i quite liked it yeah um yeah i don't know i i guess i don't really have much else to say about that i did think it was really weird to suddenly have your gravity uh messed with (laughs) um for that instance but that was fine uh Mm -hmm the yeah i i uh yeah no it's fine it it was a it was a fine story thing like i said it just sort of didn't land for me and i'm not i can't entirely pinpoint why it's probably because we haven't known him that long like in the story i mean it's been some months now but you know kind of out of sight out of mind in between chapters mm-hmm um but that leads us into sort of the last thing that i feel like a lot of people are probably quite sad about which is revealed to us immediately afterwards after he you know his parting dying words the commander essentially are we need to stop keeping secrets from each other uh wherein we learn that timey her presumably degenerative condition is not uh, halted and is in in fact uh, continuing to progress chronically and ultimately terminally uh, which is well you know what I'll just how how did that make you feel (laughs) is it terrible that I forgot time you was sick no uh, that is perfectly valid because I'm going to talk about that as well Uh, continue with your thinkings yeah, I mean, I I just went, oh yeah, that's a thing. I mean, it has been for a long time. It's not like it came out of nowhere in the story, but it hasn't been touched on for so many years that it feels like it came out of nowhere. Um, so that that's kind of sad that it didn't land, like you said, didn't land the way that you would hope because it is meant to be quite an impactful moment, but... Uh, because it hadn't been touched. It's just one of those things that we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast before, where um, this, the story might, might be doing the right things, but because we have this real life downtime and in between the story of months to years, things that, you know, should land just sometimes don't because you've forgotten key details that they want to suddenly bring up again many years later. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think exactly what happened here for me. Um, 
which is a shame because I, I think it's a really cool direction that they're taking the story in. I, I like everything that they set up in this chapter very much. Um, and I'm, I, I'm so excited to see how it all pays off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's complicated. I, so I think that I never knew, well, I shouldn't say never knew. It's entirely possible that I've just jettisoned it from my memory, but I, had completely forgotten if I ever knew that it was degenerative. I knew that obviously she had a sort of muscular disability slash uh, crippling like injury, right? It's like she was always tiny and sort of underdeveloped and she had a very noticeable limp, which was the whole reason that she built uh, Scruffy, right? Is that it let her be up in the action where she wanted to be. Um, which was great, but I, like I said, I either never knew or didn't realize that it was a degenerative thing, like say muscular dystrophy, I assume is what it's, or, or like, um, uh, oh God, what is it? Uh, ALS? Is yeah, that, that sounds right. I think yeah. So. Like, or, or ALS. Like I, I didn't, again, like I said, I either didn't know or I had forgotten that it was a progressive thing. I thought it was just a... You know, like, I just have trouble walking, period. Like, I just sort of thought of it in that way. So when she was like, it's not in remission, I'm like, well, I I mean, okay, remission is implying a very different type of malady than I thought you had. So, yeah, and so, I mean, yeah, either that is because, like you said, it's just been so long that we've forgotten, or that wasn't entirely made clear, or it was, you know, possibly the worst, the worst possibility would be if it was made clear, but only in, like, very little, like, side reading, which is, like, fine if that's not going to be a big story point, but is less fine if that's something you expect everybody to know. Yeah, um, it was, it, I think... I know for certain it was a big deal in season one, but, you know, season one was five years ago now. Well, what was a big deal? That it was degenerative uh, or that she had a disability? Uh, Ooh, good question. I believe it was known that it was degenerative, but uh, I remember remember having to go to Edge of the Mists to get parts of Tiny's golem from season one and i don't remember the full context of that but i know it was like uh she was brewing down with brahm and she was so tiny at the at the time and they were kind of bonding over uh you know getting her stuff back together i do remember that segment but i don't remember if it was like explicitly stated if it was degenerative or not i believe it was but i'm not certain yeah well because that's what i'm saying is like it's obviously been front and center for her character at at times in the past and i think we all obviously know and remember that 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 that's why it's a big deal when she basically sacrificed scruffy in heart of thorns and why you had to go fix it is you know the analog would be somebody that needs a wheelchair and it's busted but like needing a wheelchair doesn't mean that you're going to die (laughs) um unless it does but yeah so like that sort of i I don't know um yeah and well and then there's like there's sort of the additional layer and it's obviously not subtle because they talked about it directly but we had sort of just had this introduction of a character that was literally in a robotic body and she was salivating over it which 
even if it weren't a degenerative condition, that is something that's easy to understand the appeal of, that, like, mm-hmm. your body is in some way, like, you know, uh, broken or dysfunctional or whatever, and, you know, wanting to not have to worry about that, like, n- wanting to shed the coil of mortality, and especially because we had that um, that story segment a long pre-heart of thorns now where you know she was finally um uh, like she was in real eminent physical danger when the inquest like basically abducted her and she was like i never want to be scared like that again right so this idea of being able to transfer your essence into a golem and like what you would gain or lose from that was already something that you know, was obviously being discussed and, you know, talked about. Uh, So in a sense that sort of lessened the narrative impact as well, because while Blish did just die, like, Gorik's isn't, I mean, isn't Gorik the one that made, (laughs) like, made, did the thing for Blish? Or did I forget that part? No, I I believe that's correct, because they brought it up a couple times in this chapter as well. Right. Um, so I I think that's definitely a thing that that's still on the table. Right. Um yeah, yeah. So yeah, it it didn't quite it didn't quite land for me either. But I will say that there's there's some some definite um uh, I guess I guess ring of truth isn't exactly the right the right phrasing, but it's uh, basically conveys what I'm saying, which is that I think that they did her writing for this segment um, quite well. Uh, you know, I mean, I I have a chronic condition, and I understand like I understand how hard it can be to like talk about that with people and to like talk about the less rosy side of things and like you know your own potential shortened mortality and things like that so like i thought all of that stuff was very genuine and and well written and i you know um appreciated it from that standpoint and i'm sure that others who you know either have these things or have family members that have things like that you know appreciate the representation and having characters that have these things and you know explicitly aren't helpless for lack of a better word like um so like i I don't want to be overly critical here because i think that there's a lot of good being done and being told in this storyline and again the the writing on this um the character writing at the very least was on point i thought so i don't know i have mixed feelings i guess i have a lot of mixed feelings always um yeah i don't know it's uh it's tough. And I mean, I know that also a lot of people just really like Timey in the first place. So, uh, there's that too. I don't know. Do you have any, you have any additional thoughts? No, I think, I think we covered pretty much everything. Are you, how do you see this playing out? Actually, that's a good question. Like, what do you, what do you, what's your speculation? So, hmm. I feel like I feel like the the softball is is so there for Timey to be essentially roboticized um, 
you know, probably into Scruffy, uh, if we're being honest. Uh, I just, I don't see them putting that story element in only for them to just sort of say like, hmm, no. <laughs> I mean, they, they could. There are stories that do that. Right, where it's like you could have this, but the co- like, is it worth the cost? Like, would you rather just live your life as was sort of destined, or whatever, or or do you want this? But I feel like uh, that's not really the tone that they're going to go for in in Guild Wars, uh, of all things. Yeah. Uh, so I would assume that she is going to end up roboticized in some way. Probably because she's a turbo genius, she's going to have worked out some of the flaws that Blish suffered from. Uh, you know, probably. I would love to see it incorporate, uh, now I've forgotten her name, but the Golemancer, like from all the way back in Guild Wars 1. Uh, Ula, right? U- yeah, Ula. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. In the, uh, uh, a Surin starter zone. Um, yeah, I would love to see that uh, maybe like come back into it, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm a necromancer main, so maybe maybe we'll get some necromancy all up in this. Uh, uh, as Ula says, uh, Golomancy and necromancy are destined to collide. That's exactly. in her quiz. Yeah, exactly. So, I would love that. I would foresee it as some sort of mm. did they did they go into specifics of how blish was uh made for lack of a better word like don't believe we know that okay so uh this is something that uh, comes up a lot when you talk about uh putting your consciousness into a virtual thing or into a machine is like is it you or is it a copy of you um so it would not surprise me to see timey go out heroically and do a last stand sort of like blish did uh where she dies and it's tearful and then you get back and then scruffy's like initiating backup plan and like maybe it's not the timey from 10 seconds ago but it's the timey from two hours ago uh, that's uploaded her consciousness into Scruffy or, you know, Scruffy 3.0 or whatever. Uh, so I, I would not be surprised if we have something like that where they can tear-jerk the emotions a little bit but still give us a somewhat happy ending, I guess. That would be my thought. How about, how about yourself? I agree. <laughs> Plus one. Yeah, no, I, I feel much the same. Like, I really don't feel like I have anything to add, to be honest. Yeah, that, I, that's, that, would, that would be my guess. Um, um, but I guess going back to this chapter, how do you, how do you feel about the, the patch overall? Because I, I feel that this patch, for you know, with its, its flaws, with things not landing for the most part, I feel like those are the biggest flaws in it. Mm-hmm. Um, is just certain things don't land right if you don't have the right information, but I feel like everything else was super solid. Just, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think what, uh, maybe to to solidify that um, with more specificity, I think that 
the story writing was fairly good, but just some of the execution didn't quite land, as you said. But the, the replayable content aspect of the patch, excluding, you know, story is replayable, but it's not really what we consider, quote, replayable content, uh, yeah. is is very good. Um in a, I mean, in, in multiple vectors, right? There's the raid, which is by all accounts very good. There is uh, a new map that we are all enjoying. There is a new meta with this map, which uh, have you done that yet? I assume, right? Because you talked about it. I've, I've done bits of it. Like I haven't sat down and done it from start to finish. I don't know all the events. I've done the the boss, but not. I don't know all the parts that feed into the boss, which there seems to be quite an elaborate set of events that that feed into it. Yeah, so we get, you know, we get Shatterer 2.0, which is kind of more like Shatterer Claw of Jormag um, in in a lot of ways. We get, um, like I said, we get some a fun, quite large map to explore. And then with the, the Sun's Refuge, we get sort of a long achievement slash exploration quest chain that, you know, uh, that, that we're enjoying doing. So... There's there's a lot on the replayability front, and I feel like that's sort of been lacking in some of the the past few patches. And so, while we have spent a decent chunk of this talking about, like you said, things that didn't quite land for us, uh, yeah, the they really nailed some stuff that we've been wanting for for quite a while. So yeah, um, yeah, and and, and these things not not landing as we've been saying is not nearly the degree of frustration that i've had with certain instances or story missions or things like that in the past um so you know that's that's good too right it's so, uh, so you're a minor great buck today instead of a major great buck oh uh i would say if you average it all out that is true okay yeah uh like i said i think uh, I just think that there's there's a big part of it that's in myself explicitly noticing when they want me to feel things and then feeling a disjoint when I'm not feeling it, uh, yeah. which makes it stand out more than yeah. It's it's one thing when something is just boring and you just don't have a lot to say about it. You're just like yeah, whatever. It was fine, I guess. And it's a lot easier to talk about things when when it's when your attention's drawn to it in that way i guess so ultimately i think that's a good thing it's better to be trying and perhaps not quite succeeding than to just be bland uh so yeah i guess that's guess that's where i'd leave it off how about you is that is that pretty much sum up your yeah, I am. I am overall a happy, a happy spirit face. Uh, do you have any interest in the new legendary? Uh, I have a lot of interest and not a lot of money. <laughs> Amen it's to that. Super cute, but I've been spending all my gold on other stuff for a while, so I am out. Yeah, I would have absolutely made it if it came out with, uh, with the expansion, but I finally had just had enough and was ready to finish my legendary so i made the torch for my necro i absolutely would have used it 
for my necro, but now I'm too broke and don't care that much. I don't care enough to go make a whole new legendary now, but I do like it. I I think it's it's quite good. So that's a that's a personal failing, not a failing of the legendary. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, it's been quite a long episode actually. We've had technical difficulties, which hopefully I'll be able to edit most or all of out in post. But uh, it's made me lose track of time because it's been even longer than the recording ends up being. So yeah. I think it's pretty much time to call it. Uh, if there's it's... anything we forgot, let us know. We'll catch it next time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. And we will be back whenever we get back. I know that Rabin probably has some stuff he wants to talk about. But real life being real life, it might not happen for a couple weeks because I'm leaving the country for a week pretty soon. So there you go. But uh, we'll we'll be back sooner than sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back if we can, guys. I like to think that we're like that friend that you don't get to catch up with very often, but it's like it's it's okay right like it's just great when you when you can be there you just pick up right where you left off yeah yeah Yeah. that's 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 us right now yeah that sounds about right uh sounds about right so uh yeah you know what i'm just gonna launch right into a question how do these freaking awakened monuments work or memorials work you it's kind of a pain in the butt you have to do you have to do the convergence one elegy collection until you get to the point where you can interact with them and then you have to go to the instance and give her some materials and then she gives you a monument and you have to take it to the monument and then you have to do that seven times in a row or however many monuments there are but what lets you interact like sometimes i can interact with them and sometimes i can't i suspect that uh once you have interacted with them you get the step of the collection that like puts you under the store the part where you can't interact with them anymore because you've done the thing that you need to what uh like after you finish the story it opens a collection and the first thing of that collection is to go talk to one of those monuments and be like what is this Uh, so i think once you've done that it says no you you don't talk to them anymore until i'm not certain i don't think so i've done it to several monuments now but then several i couldn't talk to for like no discernible reason but there was an npc next to the one i just it literally i was running around in guild wars as i was closing the episode out and i could talk to one when i hadn't been able to talk to them well look sun's refuge is still a mystery to us and we haven't wikied it yet so there you go you just got some live hot take of (laughs) what the hell's even so (laughs) signing off i'm sure somebody has figured it out by the time they hear this uh yeah Have a good evening, day, afternoon, yada yada. This has been another episode of Relics of Ore. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofore.com, email us at relicsofore at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.